1: back to another episode of the Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, we're back. It's been a little bit of a hiatus. We took a week off. Um, Andy and I both needed the week off. But we took the week off in the week that, like, all of this random sports news broke. Um, but I am one of your hosts, and we're going to be talking about that. So, But I'm one of your hosts, Rob Wong. Alongside me, of course, is my co-host, Andy. Andy, how are you doing this afternoon, evening? It's evening. It's not afternoon.
2: Had a long full day of nothing and excited talk to actually do something with my time tonight. the I, what was it? Three hours into that day where we decided to take it off, and then I texted you, I was like, eh, maybe we should do it."
1: <laughs> and I was like, "No, nah, we are we already committed to not doing it. Let's just not do it. Um, so we're going to be backtracking some news here, but we have a special guest. If you didn't read the title of the podcast, uh, you're in for a treat. We have a dear friend of ours, Mr. Ben Ross. The A's insider, broadcaster, extraordinaire, uh, formerly of CGB, wrote for us for a little bit uh, with some men's basketball stuff too, but thanks for joining us, Ben. We appreciate the time. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for
3: having me, guys. I'm, I'm excited to, to chat with you. Uh, doing well, you know, as you said, keeping busy, uh, doing a little bit of everything, A's stuff, some college broadcasting, uh, some some articles here and there, so keeping busy.
1: Well, I mean, nothing more busy than the A's in baseball and baseball and hot stove news going around. Andy's a big Giants fan so and a fantasy baseball player, so he's all up in the the know. So I feel like Andy's going to have better questions than I, I do. Uh, but we got to talk about, you know, we're just going to get right into it. We're going to talk about the first thing that I think a lot of Cal fans were upset about, which was the Marcus Simeon deal. Um, what were your thoughts on it? And what happens, like, the the insanity of, you know, a 10-year, a what was it, a 10-year a deal with one million in each, or eight-year deal with a million each, or something <laughs> along those lines, um, yeah, so weird was, pay structure. That like,
3: was sort of the, the rumor out there, something ridiculous. I mean, look, A's fans, I think, are uh, unfortunately used to this, you know, seeing their best players leave, and you just you were hoping that things maybe would change um especially with a guy like Marcus Simeon, you know obviously he's a cal guy but he he's a bay area guy through and through you know he's from here he's from San Francisco and he's one of the he was one of the A's team leaders he's obviously a great player you know he's an MVP finalist uh in the in the American League a couple of years ago so and it's not like he's old you know i think he's 31 um or maybe even still 30. So to, yeah, to, to see him go to Toronto for, you know, just a one year deal. I think it was around 18 million. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the A's. So yeah, apparently the A's offer was something, uh, something like one year, 12 and a half million dollars, but like 10 million was paid out over 10 years or something ridiculous. Just like embarrassing. I mean, honestly embarrassing if you're the organization, in my opinion. It was
2: the opposite, Bobby Bonilla deal.
3: (laughs) Exactly. God, Bobby Bonilla was his like over thirty years or something. I mean, he's still getting paid like every year. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah, I think we still have a few more years of that of that deal before we can finally put to rest Bobby Bonilla Day. Yeah, like finally go away. (laughs) Man, Um, I mean, just uh, diving a little bit deeper into the A's. You know, there's a lot of Cal connections there. You know, we saw started with Marcus Simeon, Canada's back. Uh, Bowmel, of course. Um And then, of course, the Dalton Jeffries, you know, the the hope of him, you know, maybe bursting onto the scene. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, does Dalton Jeffries finally make the jump? We did see him play last season. Just, you know, I believe one game he pitched yeah. or yeah. at least on record he had one game pitched. But is this the year where he makes that that jump? You know, it's going to be
3: interesting. Like He's definitely getting better every year. And uh, I think he will make that jump at some point. It might be tough this year. Well, you never know. I mean, this year, the A's rotation looks really good. But then again, when it comes to pitchers, there's always injuries, unfortunately, and unforeseen events. And so uh, that may be where he gets an opportunity as as sort of a depth starter or maybe in the bullpen. I mean, that's sort of a a spot where the A's, I think, are going to need some help. Um, You know, losing Liam Hendricks, their closer, losing Joaquin Soria, who was, you know, one of their primary setup guys. Uh, They did bring back Yusmero Petit, and then they signed uh, Sergio Romo, speaking of former Giants. Uh, But no, I mean, I think he'll continue to get opportunities. I don't know if this is necessarily the year that he breaks through. I think he will probably see sometime again, whether it's a spot start or maybe out of the bullpen, Um, but I I think it's only a matter of time with him. Like he, he does seem to be getting better every year and, uh, his natural ability is pretty impressive.
1: Andy, you got anything for, for Ben before I move on the conversation?
2: Yeah. What's, I mean, what's your overall, I mean, we know, I think everybody, if you exactly as Ben said, if you're an A's fan, you're sort of expecting your best players to, to leave and Chris Davis obviously signed the, you know, the one player that they signed to a multi-year right. and then just right. tanked and shipped him off. So, um, you mentioned the rotation, um, the rotation looks really good. What are other areas that you could build some excitement around in regards to the A's looking towards this 2021 season? Yeah. I
3: mean, the, the crazy thing is despite all the guys they're losing, they're still going to be really good. I think, I mean, I, I think there's a good chance they win the division again. Um, I actually think they're like the betting favorites in the AL West. You know, the Astros have obviously lost some pieces too. But yeah, the A's rotation is loaded with young talent. I mean, Jesus Lazardo's a stud. Uh, you know, Frankie Montas, Chris Bassett are back. Sean Manaya. Uh, they re-signed Mike Fires. AJ Puck, we'll see if he's healthy, but he's another one of those young guys who was coming up with Lazardo who's, you know, been one of their top prospects for a while. Um, so they've got some really good arms for the first time in a while in the rotation. Maybe the best rotation they've had since, you know, Barry Zito, Mark Mulder, Tim Hudson, the big three. Um, so that's a, That's a strength. They still have a lot of a lot of pop in that lineup. You know, they, they lose Marcus Simeon, um, but obviously Matt Chapman and Matt Olsen are back who are both great young players. Sean Murphy had a great rookie year as a catcher last year uh, in the outfield. Rob mentioned Mark Canna's back, Ramon Laureano. Um So I think they're, they've still got some, some good pieces in the lineup, and they're a good defensive team. I think what's most disappointing is that you look at the young core and – they really weren't too far away from making a world series type push. And so what you'd like to see is for a team to add pieces, not lose pieces when they're in that situation. That's what's so upsetting. Uh, But I still think they're they're a legitimate division contender. I think they'll make the playoffs. I I just think obviously they're not quite where they need to be to take that next step, which is getting to the world series, getting, I mean, they won one playoff series last year, uh, but you know, if anything, they might've gotten a little bit worse with some of the pieces they lost.
4: Does that
2: fuel the case that, you know, that ownership has that, Hey, we can just keep doing what we're doing and get away with it because we're going to be able to field competitive teams. We have Billy Bean, who is, you know, one of the best GMs in the game and he's you know, maybe to a fault, loyal to the, to the A's. And I, uh, you know, is that just sort of they, they, you know, hear this criticism, you see it, you see it out there and, you know, on Twitter and other places where it's very obvious that my dog is trying to break in right now, apparently. Um, but it's also, yeah, it's also very obvious that, you know, the Wolf family is incredibly unpopular. So I'm curious just to hear like, does that? Do you think this fuels their momentum for keeping you know, the team, or does it actually? It's it's interesting because yeah, like well,
3: John Fisher, who's who's like running things now, is I, there was a big uh, what was it? There was a big um, thing going around for people to sign, uh, trying to. A petition. That's the word I'm looking for to get him to sell the team because, you know, he's worth like almost three billion dollars. He's one of the richest owners in baseball. And year in and year out, the A's are toward the bottom in payroll. Um, I think what a lot of people think is that he's just trying to get this new stadium, which that's still up in the air. Um, But he's trying to get a new stadium for the team to sort of boost the value, raise the value and then sell when uh, when the value is higher. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I, I don't think that they can do this forever though. I mean, I I think they're going to be good this year. The problem they're going to run into is some of the guys I mentioned, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, Ramon Laureano, Sean Murphy, they're going to be coming up on free agency in the not too distant future, and they're all going to be gone too. And so, you know, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, this was their first year of arbitration eligibility. The team has two more years of team control. Uh, if it lasts that long. So I think it's only a matter of time until if they keep going at this rate and keep letting these guys go, they're going to be back at the bottom of the AL West. I, I think that, and look, credit to Billy Bean and, and the front office for drafting so well and, and developing these young players. Um, but I don't I think it's hard to maintain. It's, it's tough. This feels like a real window for them to uh, go after World Series. And I think they're wasting it and i think in a few years we're going to see them back at the bottom of the al west unless something changes in ownership
1: so you're telling me right now that the new stadium is what is going to keep this ownership in and that's what they're pushing for but i mean is that is that like the hype that they're trying to just that's the that's the holy grail that they're like all right if we just get that then like we're clear for a, you know another arbitrary amount of time
3: i mean look they've been A's fans have heard this for decades, too. They've heard all about this stadium. It's been coming for 20 years, and it keeps falling through. And yeah, that's what they keep saying. When we get this new stadium, we'll be able to, we'll have more revenue. We'll be able to spend more. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. I think all A's fans will believe it when they see it. Again, the stadium has a lot more hurdles to go through. Obviously, the pandemic has not helped the progress. Uh, So it's tough. It's tough to be an A's fan right now, even though they're, going to put a pretty good product on the field there's just again still so much uncertainty with if there's going to be a new stadium theoretically the team could still move which players are which players are they going to trade you know it's it's just the same thing we've been seeing over and over and uh i feel for my for my a's fans out there it's it's got to be just excruciating to watch
1: well i guess on that note um, we do have a fan question for you since we're talking about young players being traded sure uh Pat asks will the A's trade Matt Chapman before the season starts uh, I think that's yeah. the thing that everyone's gearing for right like all ace fans that I I follow on Twitter are like it's it's it they're they're just there's like it's gonna happen like I'm just I'm just over it now
3: I know I think a's fans Ace fans are like They're used to it's like when you're used to getting cheated on in relationships. They're just bracing for the worst here. Um, (laughs) I I think I don't think they'll trade Chapman this year uh, unless they were to somehow fall out of contention. Maybe at the deadline, they would do it then. I think, you know, he's affordable this year. He's making somewhere in the six million dollar range in his first year of arbitration eligibility. Uh, Maybe next year, I would think definitely by the year after that. Um, but it was funny because, you know, the A's recently made a trade with the Dodgers and, uh, a small one, you know, they, they got caloric from the Dodgers. They gave up Sheldon noisy, uh, a couple other pieces in that trade as well. But every A's fan I was seeing on Twitter was like, oh my God, I thought it was Matt Chapman when I saw Dodgers because everyone knew the Dodgers were looking for a third baseman. And it's tough as an A's fan. You've just burned, been burned so many times before letting Marcus Simeon go and, and Hendricks go this off season signals that it's the same thing, you know, unless something changes in ownership, which doesn't look like it will Matt Chapman at most, you've got three more years of him, probably one or two. So I guess enjoy him, but I think he'll be here this year to answer the question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Unless, Andy, you have more baseball talk. I figured uh, we'd, we'd get on with some of the other news. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Well, guys, we got to talk about the Jared Goff deal. It's been a – it's you know, we've had some time to sit on it now, you know, and, and so we're not, like, too emotional about it. But all three of us being Cal guys, like, we – I know visibly like a lot of people were upset, you know, on Twitter, of course, um, as they're upset about everything, but uh, <laughs> this one more so than than more other things. But with the Jared Goff deal, um, I want your guys' thoughts. Like what was your initial reaction? How do you feel about it now? Like is this a a win win kind of for all, or is this a screw you, Rams, you did our boy bad? <laughs> what what is it? Should I go for it? Yeah, Ben, everything? if you Ben, if you got it, go for it.
3: Uh, my initial reaction was uh, holy overpayment, Batman. <laughs> from uh, from the Rams' perspective, what did they give up? Like they gave up Goff and a couple of first round picks, two,
1: two first rounders, and then yeah. like an, and then another extra pick.
3: Yeah, to get Matthew Stafford. Look, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback, but I mean, has he shown that he's that much better than Jared Goff? I mean, he's good. I don't think he's great, and uh, I I do kind of maybe it is the Cal – the Cal Homer in me, but I do feel like they sort of did golf dirty. You know, he, I don't know. I've never been the biggest Sean McVay fan. I, I think he's overrated as a coach. Everyone seems to think he's this genius. And I always watch his teams and I don't like his decision-making as a coach. I don't like their play calling a lot of the time. And he kind of threw Jared Goff under the bus. Uh, and, you know, look, Goff obviously has made his share of bad uh, interceptions and turnovers. And, but the thing is like he's still pretty young. He's shown flashes of what he's capable of and yeah, I don't know. If I'm the Rams, like this this move for the Rams is basically we super bowl or bust. Like if they don't win a Super Bowl with Matt uh Stafford, it's it's a terrible trade. They've given up all of their draft picks for like the last 7 years. And uh, as I said, I, I think Stafford is good. I don't think he's necessarily the guy that puts them over the top. So to me, that's a win for the Lions.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
2: Yeah, I think as this has aged, it's it's gotten more upsetting because of what Ben said. It's like, just at least treat the guy with some respect as he's leaving. It's not like Jared Goff came in and started, you know, lighting the world on fire about what was happening or woe is me. You know, he's a consummate professional. We've seen him at his lowest, the lowest of lows, and work his way up from there to a Super Bowl appearance. And he's nothing but, you know, a stand up class act and, you know, the the stuff that leaked about the locker room and McVeigh potentially leaking stuff to Aikman and it's just it's just trash. The Rams are making these trades every it feels like what? Didn't they just get Jalen Ramsey? They're always making these big moves and it's Super Bowl or bust and they don't get to the Super Bowl and then they can't rebuild and you know that's not a sustainable way to build a team. So I think what Ben said, it's probably McVeigh's last shot. And maybe they feel better looking looking at Stafford. He he'll probably. I mean, Stafford's pretty damn good, but at the same time, like if you look at Golf stats and couple four thousand yard plus seasons and always pretty solid with the uh, touchdown to turnover ratio, except for outside of this last season. You know, it's. I think that for me i just don't know like if you looked at it from a baseball standpoint you'd be like all right what's the wins above replacement like how how would we be able like that would be a great way to be able to calculate this because then i I think it's probably something like maybe in the nfl it's like maybe a game so maybe they get one more game but does that really do anything for the ramp make them any different this year or sorry next year versus this year i don't think so and then in the meantime it just sucks i think for goff because he goes to detroit so, Rob, I want to bring you in here. And then he has Anthony Anthony freaking Lynn as his offensive <laughs> coordinator. So, it's just tough to stomach. I hope that he can be successful. The optimist in me is trying to be like, oh, it'll be a better situation for him there. I don't think so. The press conference from the new Detroit coach was downright awful. And you have Anthony Lynn leading the offense. So, I think it's just kind of like a lose-lose for both Jared Goff and for the Rams.
1: As a Chargers fan, I just felt like I had just gotten rid of Anthony Lynn out of my life. Like it was, <laughs> it, it, he had just left the door, and then he walked right back in. <laughs> I'm like, why? Well, what did I do to deserve this? Is this 2020 all over again for me? Like, okay. do I have to endure through this? Oh God, I think I think they're all valid points. I think the biggest thing that people are like are saying, like, oh, he's going to be in a better offense. Matt Stafford ha- probably had better wide receivers in Detroit than he will in LA. And I, I I firmly stand by that from from the duration of his career. The dude had Megatron. <laughs> like yeah. the dude had Megatron. And then he had Marvin Jones, of course a Cal guy, but outstanding, outstanding touchdown threat. And then Kenny Galladay is not a chump either. Um I do think that wide receiver his it's a drop off. Um like Cooper Cup's good. Robert Woods is good, but he's not Megatron good. Um and those stats might be there but I mean, he hasn't won anything in the playoffs. Like that's the big thing. That's sort so, of how
3: I look at it. Yeah. It's like, again, I think Matthew Stafford is good, but I think Jared Goff is good. I don't know how much of an upgrade that is. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the time it feels like people are talking about Stafford. Like, you know, he's Mahomes or Rogers or one of these guys who's, you know, won a Super Bowl or as you said, Rob, he hasn't really done it in the playoffs. I mean, I know his teams haven't been good with the lines, but like you said, he's had receivers, um, I think he'll do okay with LA. I, obviously, I think the Rams will still be good. Their defense is ridiculous. Um, but I don't know. I guess in the NFL, it's a lot of the times it's a crapshoot anyway. You know, once you get to the playoffs, it's whoever the hot team is. But I still don't look at the Rams as, like, I still don't consider them, like, the favorite in the NFC. So, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, again, to me, it's if they don't win a Super Bowl, it's – you know, it's a loss for them because uh, they've basically mortgaged their entire future here.
1: They basically traded away seven first-round picks to get a 31-year-old quarterback. Yeah, like that's that's ultimately that's the that's the math that comes down to it, right? Yeah, I guess <laughs>
3: but... they they don't really care about the draft, and they they have done it other ways, like you said, they've made these trades and these uh, free agent additions, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe Sean McVay will prove me wrong. Obviously, he's super young, and we'll see like if he can learn from his past mistakes. But I'm just—I always find myself super underwhelmed by him and his decision making, and I feel like he's just this mediocre coach who's completely
1: overblown. Andy probably has Andy probably has thoughts on that. Plus. Matt Lafleur, like Andy has like Andy's yeah. out for Matt Lafleur, <laughs> like just just because of that one decision I was to gonna go say that, like
3: that, was that not that might have been the worst decision in like NFL playoff history. I, I'm not even exaggerating. Ever, but he basically had a chance and he gave it away. He said, nah we're good. We don't. We're not going to try." He should have been fired. It, I mean, yeah. it, honestly, he he's lucky that like the team was so good for the rest of the year. Because to me, that I'm not saying he should have been fired, but that I think I tweeted at the time that that decision itself is a fireable offense. Like it's one of the worst decisions I can remember in sports history.
2: Yeah. If I, yeah. If I'm a Packers fan, you never gain that trust back. (laughs) But yeah. What, to what Ben said too, it's like, but you're looking at the, in the division and you look at, I still don't really trust the Cardinals that much. I trust Kyler, but you know, I don't know how much I actually trust Cliff Kingsbury. There's another mediocre dude who everyone. (laughs) Yeah, it just sort of seems like, especially when McVay was hired, it was kind of at the beginning of the hype for these new age offenses. And what what has happened in some of these hires is like, okay, so then everybody farmed the Rams coaching staff, made a bunch of hires, and those hires have been just okay. It's not like there's this amazing coaching tree that's coming out of, you know, the Bill Walsh days where all these coaches are going on being super successful or, or anything like that. And so I think McVay, I look at as just sort of a coach that had a lot of hype about his offense and being really young and innovative. And, but if you look in the division, you know, you still have Kyle Shanahan with the Niners. If the Niners bring in any, even if they bring back Jimmy G and Jimmy G just turns out to be fine plus, I think the Niners are going to compete because that D-line is going to be just ridiculous. It's going to be a nightmare. Then you have Seattle. I don't know what's happening with Russell Wilson, but I'm just going to assume he's going to be back. And Pete Carroll, they're not going to be going anywhere. And then, yeah, I mean, Kyler was one of the best quarterbacks in the league this last season. So it's like, I don't know. I guess you got to try to compete. But if I was the Rams and I was looking at my actual situation, I might say, hey, let's build some depth around this team versus let's shoot for the moon again. I was thinking of all the different trades that they've done. What not they like trade a lot for Brandon Cooks? Like they've literally brought in all of the big names and I don't think it's really ever panned out.
1: Yeah. I mean to to really emphasize that point, I think their best free agent acquisition was probably getting CJ Anderson for that Super Bowl run.
2: Like that That's was right. probably
1: their best their best acquisition. Like <laughs> Yeah. Uh just so frustrating, but uh, in the meantime, I think all of us are going to be sadly watching some Detroit Lions games, which <laughs> I don't I don't know how I should be feeling about that. I mean, he gets to play Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Is that a plus, a negative? I It'll well, be I fun. Kind it, of. It will be, you'll get to see them hug at the end of the game. And that's yeah. it, that's the best part for Cal fans
3: might not be fun for Lions fans. Watch it. I mean, I feel like the Lions are never going to beat the Packers, but
1: you never know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I have a lot of friends who are Niners fans and, th- you know, the only reason or uh, that went to Cal that are also 49ers fans. And so they they are at least happy that they don't have to <laughs> root for golf on the Rams anymore because, you know, Niner fans, they want to root against the Rams. So they're like, all right, now I don't have any reasons to root for the Rams
1: at all. Same with me as a Chargers fan. I can finally let go of the other team in LA yeah. and crap on them as much as I want.
3: <laughs> yep, exactly.
1: And we stole your coach, so you know, have at it, Rams fans. <laughs> your defense is not going to be as good as it is next as it was this past year. Um, I think uh, there's a. I think we should go over one more thing here. Since Ben, you do uh, you do some broadcasting. You're you're doing mm-hmm. some basketball stuff right now. Let's yeah. talk about Cal basketball. <laughs> and Why the, not? Why and not? the thing that is happening Big we work. have seven game losing streak is finally over yeah we are done and we beat colorado which is a which was surprising because they're i think their net ranking is like 16th in the country yeah um they're they're an outstanding team but we were we just played out of my mind It's like did you watch the colorado game like what yeah or have you been following you did yeah i've been following
3: i watched most of that game and yeah i mean what an unbelievable win and i mean if you're colorado what a what a terrible loss like nothing against cal and cal the the one thing with this cal team is that they do compete and stay in games and then they tend to kind of lose them late so it's not like they're that far away but yeah i mean if you're colorado you know trying to get into the tournament try and get a good seed you come off an impressive win at Stanford, and then lose to you know you lose to Cal, who's toward the bottom of the conference. Um, that one hurts, but no. For Cal, I've been watching this Cal team, and again, they're not that far away. They've got some good talent. I, I like the job Mark Fox is doing. Like you can tell, he knows how to coach, and uh, I'm hoping next year we'll see some significant improvements. I, I think we already have. As I said, you know, there's a number of games that Cal could have won uh, that they just couldn't quite hang on late. But, you know, Matt Bradley's obviously a stud. I love watching Andre Kelly. You know, some of the some of the guards uh, have been impressive as well. So they're not not as bad as their record would indicate. But that was a hell of a win against
1: Colorado. Shots fired, Rob. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. Ben's on the opposite end of the spectrum for me. I mean to to be totally fair, like I hope Fox proves me wrong. Yeah. Like I'm I'm on the thing of like is I it was the wrong hire to begin with. I haven't seen anything really that, you know, makes me excited about the future. The recruiting hasn't been great over two seasons. Like he has eight of the underclassmen, I believe, on the roster are his scholarship players, but two don't even get any playing time. Like right. it's it, it's, a, it's a very – and then, you know, like he throws out the words of like talent deficiency a couple, like last week in one of his pressers. Um, and then – Brian Bentley was he apparently he played him too hard. But you, how do you play a fifth year senior too hard? <laughs> like, shouldn't he have the legs to play a full competitive season? That's yeah. um, it, it. There's yeah, I can go back and forth on this. I hope he's I hope this is like a turning point and he proves me wrong. We'll see. Um, I
3: mean, look, I think next year is is the key, right? Year three for yeah. him. If, if they don't make serious improvements and start winning a lot of these games that they're losing at the end. Um, yeah, I think then you're you're proven right so hopefully i'm i'm expect i'm expecting a much improved cal team next year that's going to be uh hopefully at least in the middle of the conference you know and maybe around 500 in conference play that would be a big step from this year so i'm hoping for that but you're right next year if if they're you know i don't think they'll be this bad but even if they're close i think that's when patience starts to
1: run out for a coach yeah I just wanted us not to eclipse Viking Jones of two wins in a conference season. <laughs> We're at least not going to do that. We'll at least finish yeah. one above that.
3: Yeah. It's Thank been, God. God. It's been – I mean, it, look, I don't have to tell you guys. It's been a rough few years for Cal Hoops.
1: <laughs> it's not been fun. It's not no. been fun. No. Um, But, Ben, before we let you go, uh, just a a, a quick prediction here. How does Cal football do next year? man from you
3: that's a good question I I I I was so disappointed about this year I mean I know that it was not like a real year and they only ended up playing like four games or whatever but I was expecting such big things uh from the year before the momentum the strides they were making the offense looked improved the defense still really good and then god that Stanford loss was crushing I'm still I'm still (laughs) over that so if you had asked me before this season, I would have said we're absolutely competing for the PAC 12 title. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that they take another step forward, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe a little above 500, like seven and five. I think that's reasonable. Hope I'm hoping that we uh, prove me wrong and win nine or 10 games.
1: Seems like the theme of this podcast is prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's it seems like that's me. becoming the pun. Life is a cow, then, right? We expect the worst. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh actually I got one more question for you, Ben. A buddy of mine just texted me and he's an A's fan. And uh yeah. he, he asks he asks you if if they remade Moneyball Yeah and they they gave you a character on in the movie, which actor would play you in the movie?
3: Wow, oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I get told I'm ia I, lot of people tell me that that I look like Jerry Seinfeld. Is he too old, is he too old to play Ben Ross? I Either, guess that's up to you. Is it is it too personal for you if, if if Jerry Seinfeld plays you? I feel like I mean I don't know how he would really fit into Moneyball just making little jokes on the side. What's the deal with this what's the deal with the Coliseum? Um, maybe uh maybe Adam Sandler, that's another one I get. I see it. I like Seinfeld. People, I like yeah. that a lot. Maybe right. Seinfeld could do it. It's...
4: Yeah. Well... <laughs> What's the deal with water in the locker room? Exactly.
1: Well, you heard it here first. We're gonna uh, we're gonna cast Jerry Seinfeld as Ben Ross in the next Moneyball movie. It's happening. It's oh, happening. can wait. Someone get a hold of uh, Jerry's agent. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, thanks for the time. Um, where can people listen to all of your content and find you on the social media networks?
3: Yeah, I appreciate so- that. Appreciate it. Uh, find me on Twitter at Ben Ross tweets. And uh, I, I still host uh, an Oakland A's podcast, the believe in Oakland A's podcast. That's B L E A V believe. And so uh, I try and have either a player or a writer or an analyst come on each week. And uh, you can get that wherever you get your pods and, uh, yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see the various, uh, college sporting events I'm announcing. <laughs> so, uh, do some volleyball, do some basketball, some soccer. I'm going to be doing baseball. So you can
1: always check those out too. Well, once again, uh, that's at Ben Ross tweets. So get at him um, and get all your A's content from the Believe in A's podcast. Well, once again, Ben, thank you for the time. And as we wrap up, I'm going to get you to give a Go Bears. Oh, thank you guys for having me. First of all, it was fun. And always, Go Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears.